You're listening to The Uppercase Life, and I'm your host, Joseph Brewster. While most of our effort happens in the middle of the day, the effectiveness of that effort is predicated on what happens before and after those critical work hours. Whether you're a full-time parent or a lawyer or a construction worker or a college student, actually, maybe especially if you're a college student, your ability to be effective at what you do during the day is going to be limited or boosted by how you choose to spend those first and last few waking moments of the cycle. When someone is acting out of sorts or salty or just has a bad attitude, I remember something I used to hear my grandmother say. She would say, it looks like he got up on the wrong side of the bed, meaning that the person must have started their day off poorly, which resulted in poor behavior later on in their activities. And the origin of that saying is believed to be traced back to the Romans. The Romans were always very careful about getting up on the correct side of the bed because they were superstitious and they believed if you got up and you put your right foot forward, that was good. But if you got up left foot forward on the quote, wrong side of the bed, they believed that your day would be unlucky. There's no lack of information in the world regarding the importance of what you do in your morning routine, but I really want to stress it again and just encourage you by talking about some of the things that have really made a difference for me in my mornings. And not just in my mornings, which is sometimes what we talk about the most, but also in my evenings. Here are some things that I invest time and effort into, and when I do, I find that the in-between, which is the vast majority of your day, goes so much better. So first, I'll start with mornings, because I think mornings are just underappreciated and super important. In the mornings, some of the things that I try to do every morning is I try to have an intentional wake time, and this might seem really basic, but If you find yourself shutting off your alarm and snoozing it and then waking up later or waking up before it and having difficulty structuring your wake time consistently, you'll find that your last moments of sleep tend to be disrupted because what can often happen is when your alarm goes off, you wake up and then you fall asleep even for 5, 10, 15 minutes. That period of time is often when you have dreams and sometimes that can end up waking you in a very strange or uncomfortable manner. So be intentional about your wake times. Set your alarm for the actual time you need to wake up. It isn't important to set your alarm for the same exact time every morning. What's important is that you set it for the time that's actually when you're going to wake up. Because what you want to avoid is that sleep-wake cycle being staggered in the morning. And yes, I know, you need to take a little bit of time. You don't want to just go from sleep and jump into doing things. It's totally cool to wake up slowly. I encourage you to do that. Just don't be wake, sleep, wake, sleep right before you have to get up because that really does mess with your perception and the way you start your day off. And then something else I always do in the mornings if I can is some physical movement. And this can be really simple. I don't go jogging in the mornings. Some people do. And they would encourage that. For me personally, I find that just doing a little bit of stretching, sometimes getting down on the floor and doing that stretching is really helpful to get my blood pumping and to make my body feel like I'm awake and I'm doing something. Alternatively, if you don't want to work out, sometimes some things that can substitute for that physical movement is just taking a warm shower. 
You can even take a contrast shower, which is having a warm shower and then moving that to some cold water at some point and then moving it back. And what that does is just shocks your body to a certain extent and wakes up that nervous system so that it starts to want to move. And aside from the things that I'm actually doing, there are some things I don't want to do in the mornings. And one of those things is I don't want to be on my technology. So I take some time for technology separation in the mornings, which means that I don't want to roll over and immediately start checking messages or notifications. I don't want to see any of that. That is like playing Russian roulette with my emotions for how my day is going to start off. I want to take some separation from that device or from any sort of notifications and really prepare myself for my day, which leads into the next thing I do, which is a mental prep time. And this is not complicated at all. This sometimes is just the act of me sitting on the side of my bed and intentionally thinking about what the day is going to be like. I'm thinking about what I want to do in my day and how I want to react. So for example, if I'm looking at a day where I know it could be long, it could be stressful, I don't necessarily want to think about the actual things which will occur. I want to do some mental prep time to say to myself, here's the attitude I want to approach this day with. And regardless of how things go, here's my intent. I want to be this sort of person in my day. Another thing that mornings are great for is to start putting some nutrition into your body. And I know that a lot of you out there just want to run and grab a cup of coffee. Uh, I'm not going to tell you not to drink your coffee because then you would probably unsubscribe and say, this guy is crazy. But I will tell you that coffee isn't enough nutrition for your body. And in the morning is a good time, even if you don't naturally feel hungry, to put a little bit of nutrition in your body. So you want to look for what is food that's going to give me energy and get me going. Not refined sugars, but really something nutritious to start your day with. And when you do that in the morning, it's going to keep you from craving and just wanting to snack quite as much. And it's good for your metabolism overall. And then as you go into your day, review your goals for the day. So look at your calendar at this point. This would be the point at which I am starting to look at my devices again. And the first thing I want to look at is what is my schedule? How can I be getting myself in the right headspace for the items I've placed on my schedule for today? And as you're doing that, encourage yourself. Really speak to yourself, if you will, inside of your own head and remind yourself that you've got this. There might be some really challenging things in your day, but encourage yourself to say, I am capable of doing the things that need to be done today. I can't do all the things in the world, and there are going to be some things come up that I didn't know about and can't prepare for, but I am capable of reacting and responding in healthy and useful ways. Encourage yourself. That is a great way to start your morning. And all of those things that I just said, which is like seven different things, are things that you could do all of in a span as short as 20, 30 minutes. Now, it's nice to have longer to prepare for your day. But if all you had were 20 or 30 minutes, you could do all of the things I just mentioned and still start your day off well. Now, what about the evening, though? What do you do at the end of the day? 
there's a lot of things that you could do. And I'd be really interested to hear from you on this one because I honestly don't hear people talk about their evening routine nearly as much as their morning routine. But for me, here are a few things that are important to my evening routine and the order in which I do them. So as I'm going into my evening, I want to review tomorrow. I want to look at what is on the schedule for tomorrow because sometimes, you know, we we reach the evening and we check out. So we're just ready to go to bed or to veg out and watch TV. And we're not really being intentional about what to expect from our day tomorrow, which means that when we start our morning routine tomorrow, we might be surprised by something, something that we had chosen and scheduled, but we just forgot that we did. And it just jumps out and catches us in the morning. So we want to look in the evening at what am I planning to do tomorrow? What will I use that time for? And once I know that, once I've set my alarm for the appropriate time, and I know that I'm prepared for those things tomorrow, now I want to recalibrate my brain. And what I mean by that is I really need to disconnect now, not think about the things that are happening tomorrow, not worry about whatever meetings I have or whatever activities I'm supposed to participate in. I want to recalibrate my brain and start preparing for sleep. And for me, what that means is I want to do something completely different than whatever it was I might have been doing previously. That could be as simple as sitting down and reading a book. It could be watching something short. Sometimes I can recalibrate my brain simply by bringing up a five-minute YouTube video that is a topic I'm interested in, but not related to anything I was doing previously. And this just moves your brain into a new headspace, kind of shakes loose maybe some of the concerns that you might have had about unfinished business from that day. And that recalibration is really useful. doesn't take a whole lot of time for me usually, but I do have to really shake my brain out of those patterns. And part of that is I'm now going to do the technology separation again. I've recalibrated. Maybe I did watch YouTube. Maybe I played a little video game or something like that. But now I'm going to set aside these devices as I prepare for bed. The technology separation is really vital because whenever you have that technology available, you run the risk of seeing something or encountering something that now brings your brain back to some of the stresses that you're trying to get away from in order to get into the sleep mode. So once I've done that, I've set my devices aside. This is something that I don't hear people talk about very much, but it's been really vital to me in my experience of falling asleep is that I storytell. And I'll explain that as best as I can because it's difficult to describe what goes on in my head. But ever since I was a kid, I lie down in bed at night and I have imaginations. I think about things and I tell myself stories in my own head. And part of the reason that I do that is because I've had trouble sleeping throughout my life, even from the time I was a child. Lying down in bed at night, I just don't fall asleep very quickly. And so to pass the time as a kid, I would tell myself stories in my head. But in addition to that, it also is a great way of distracting myself from the concerns that might keep me up otherwise. And often I can tell myself these stories in my head. They're very detached from reality or from anything that I might actually be worried about. And in doing so, I sort of lull myself into sleep. If you remember the example of counting sheep, it's really just a more elaborate way of counting sheep. I don't think most of us actually count sheep, but we do think about things as we're going to bed. So the counting of the sheep is a way of redirecting your brain to think about something neutral, 
which is occurring that you don't have to worry about. Interestingly, I would not recommend you count sheep if you are a shepherd, because <laughs> for obvious reasons, those sheep are your concern and they're not really the thing you want to think about as you're going to bed. So whatever your mode of storytelling in your head, I encourage you to try it. Try counting your sheep, so to speak. Tell yourself some stories in your head that interest you and use that as a way of lulling yourself down into sleep in the evening. These moments just before sleep and just after waking are sacred. They are incredibly valuable. They set the tone for the day in ways that we don't realize often. And if you can wake up and go to sleep on the right side of the bed, so to speak, you're going to find that you're more resilient even when things during the day don't go as you planned. But conversely, if you wake up frustrated, exhausted, distracted, you're much more likely to find that the day to follow is just an extension of that attitude that you began your day with. So how do you like to start your day? I would love to hear from you. What are some aspects of your morning routine or your evening routine that you've found useful? Or maybe what are some things that you'd like to change? Some things that you're doing now, but they're not really working out for you. Drop me an email at theuppercaselife at gmail.com. And if you find this helpful, go and leave us a comment or a good rating. Share this with a friend and we'll see you back next week.